Young Entertainment. Young Entertainment. Young Entertainment Professionals. Young Entertainment Professionals. The fundraiser for my father is just indicative of the support that, you know, everyone in the YEP community seems to have, and not even seems, but in my experience has had for one another. And it's something that I'm super, super grateful to get to be a part of. Libby Ulrich here, your host of the Young Entertainment Professionals podcast. In this series, we sit down with the people cultivating the entertainment industry and the influence Yep has had on their music industry community. Rocky Block is joining me today. He is a songwriter, artist, and musician, and he gives a whole lot of great advice in this episode. And his father, Billy Block, who was a huge influence on his path in choosing music as a career. Billy was a prominent executive in the music industry. He's a radio host, drummer, and champion of music stars here in Nashville. In 2014, Yep held an event fundraiser, Play One for Billy, at the Listening Room Cafe and raised over $42,000 for his father's fight with melanoma. In addition to the influence Rocky's parents had on him, we also talk about his music and the writers he looks up to in developing his craft and forming his network. Rocky was recently signed to Bob DePiro and currently plays bass for Fair and Rachel's. Before we get to our conversation with Rocky Blog, I want to remind you to submit your Yep success story to successstories at yepnashville.com. You could be featured on an upcoming episode. Now to our conversation with Rocky Blog. Welcome, Rocky Block, to the Yep podcast. Oh, thank you. Um, How's your week? Week's good. This is kind of Monday for me. Yeah. I, uh, I got back to town last night and I'm excited to be here. So. Mm-hmm. I slept in my own bed last night, which is always like a, uh, it's a privilege at this point. Yeah. Uh, so, um, oh yeah, I'm excited. I'm here in town for a while and I'm excited about it. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, so you're originally from Nashville. Born, Born and raised. raised. Yep. yep. That's right. <laughs> so talk about that. Talk about your dad and just, you know, being basically living in the music industry since you were a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I like grew up here in Nashville and my father was like a relatively, uh, prominent uh, concert producer, promoter, radio host, drummer, and uh, did did like a lot in the uh, in the community here. Um, so it was, it was it was definitely looking back on it, it was quite a crazy upbringing, I guess, being around um, a lot of his friends that for me were like just his friends, but mm-hmm. for a lot of other people were something other than that, you know, yeah. or bigger than that, or whatever, and. Um, you know, just being immersed in not only the music, but like watching how hard uh, my dad really had to work to like, you know, provide a sustainable living for our family was um, definitely something that now I remember in a much different light than uh, like he's working a lot. You know, it's like, right. wow, that was pretty impressive. Like how you made that work, I guess. So when did you decide that the music industry was going to be something serious for you? And, you know, what did that mean to to kind of look back on how he, you know, led his career in a way that was like, I'm going to, you know, work as hard as I can to, you know, make things happen? I mean, to be to be completely honest, <laughs> uh, looking back on it, I uh, I like I love sports and I was a big sports guy in like middle school, I guess. And before then, and I kind of got to high school and I I have a brother that still plays football here in town at, at like Tennessee state. And we had played together in middle school and mm-hmm. I was going to like be on the high school football team. And I like showed up for like the summer workouts and I kind of just looked around and I was like, and I'm not like a big dude, but I'm, I'm definitely like not small, I guess. Right. right. 
But I looked around. I was like, they these guys are way too big to be hitting me for the next four years. And this whole sports thing is just like not going to no. happen for me. Yeah. And I'm already like kind of good at this other thing that I have fun doing. So I'm just going to do that. And that was like the actual like realization of like, yeah, I really don't have many other options. I'm not good at math. I don't always speak well. You know, like the, mm-hmm. there's not like I kind of just like had to look at everything. And the reality is, too, is like music's what I enjoy doing more than anything else. Um, so I think I think once I like kind of came to that realization, probably around 14, 15 uh, was when. I kind of actively started uh, looking around the world that I was kind of already in, which was yeah. that world with my parents being in the business and um, trying to actually learn rather than just be around it. Um, and the more I learned, like, it was like, wow, wow, like, you know, this really isn't probably what I should do if I ever want to make any money, mm-hmm. but it is a lot of fun. So that's kind of, that That was all, that was right, right around when I actually made the the decision to like, this is what. I'm going to devote a lot of my time to and uh, and work really hard at. Has there, has there been any advice that either of them have offered you that you've you've kept? Oh, tons. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, one-liners for days from my dad and, you know, ultimately, like, I think, like, I think that the greatest thing I've gotten from my mom uh, from the whole thing, because she's, she's a really talented singer and, and helped my help my dad with everything on the, like the business side of things. Right. Um, and she was really like, you know, an, an integral part of making everything happen. Um, but like the, the, the things she did the most for me that really allowed me to explore everything that I needed to explore to ultimately get to like kind of through everything that I needed to weed out. Right. Was like my understanding that like she was going to like love me like unconditionally Kind of. And I know that doesn't really make a ton of sense, but like I had to like, I had to kind of make like some bad decisions and like a lot of mistakes and like, uh, but like I was always allowed, uh, not to necessarily do those things. Right. But like, you know, a given, I guess like you were a, allowed to be accountable for your own actions. Right. Right. Yeah. I would, yeah. I it was like, okay, like here's the repercussions of that. You're going to have to deal with these. And a lot of times it's just handed down from her. But also, like, this is why, and it's because, like, you know, I want to help you grow in this. But, like, my dad, <laughs> I mean, there's there's a there's a million things that, honestly, uh, for one thing that served me really well is uh, I've, like, I've, like, played for a lot of people uh, as a sideman. And the thing my dad told me when I was, like, 16, I was going through this thing where I was playing in a band. And uh, there was, like, a girl that I had a crush on in the band. Yeah. And he said, Rocky, you can either have the girl or the gig. And honestly, that stuck with me because it's true. I have to make that decision of like, and that doesn't mean I can have it, but like, you know what I mean? You're, yeah. You, like you have to either be professional or sacrifice that professionalism and and deal with those consequences afterwards. Yeah. So that's been like one of the many things that like I've looked at and said, okay, like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Or, you know, like when I was looking to like figure out something to actually play and get better, I was like, hey, like, what should I do? It's like, well, well, bass is like the thing that is in the most demand that the least people that are 15 years old want to actually learn, mm. you know, because everyone wants to play 
drums or guitar as you know starting yeah, out yeah so i got a head start at actually trying to get good at that one thing so i don't know there, there's been countless things Several. but those are two of the first things that popped into my head i guess totally yeah and so you play you play bass for fair and rachel's yep yeah and you I do. told me you know before we started recording that you started early with her um. yeah, yeah we've we've been playing together <laughs> for some years now i uh I think I started playing with her like right after high school. So I, I graduated high school in May 2015. Somehow, some way, I got out of high school. <laughs> and uh, probably the, the summer fall right after that was when um, a buddy of mine who was playing for her at the time called me to kind of sub for him. And he went on to do other things. And I ended up kind of taking over there. And, um, yeah, I've, I've played with her ever since, and I love her like a sister, and she's one of my best friends, and we normally have a lot of fun together, and, you know, <laughs> um, but she's great, and I'm happy for her, and it's a, it's a fun time. So before we get to your solo projects, what kind of advice do you have to offer to those musicians that are, you know, performing for lots of different people, how to manage their time, you know, how to decide what gig is right for them, et cetera? Um, for me, it's like, it's come down to priorities mm -hmm. and, um, also like what my time is worth to me, right? not to anyone else. Mm -hmm. Cause that's like, um, that's the thing. That's the thing that I've had to learn the hard way is like, if I, if I were to take a gig for X amount of money, if I take that gig, that's me telling myself what my time's worth. Interesting. Yeah. Because in a lot of situations, like, oh, that's what they think my time's worth. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Everyone's entitled to what they think my time's worth. The only thing that actually matters, really. And sometimes I don't have control over it. But the only thing that matters is what I know my time's worth to me. So for me, it's like, if, if I don't feel like my time is worth, mm -hmm. you know, the amount of money I'm getting out of something... Then I come to the, you know, decision of do I need the money versus do I need the time to pursue other priorities? So that for me has, you know, been kind of because because once I commit to something, I don't like decommit from it because that for me is like, you know, I I don't want to be that guy. I want to be trusted that when I commit to something that I'm going to be there. So I have to I have to just prioritize like. Not necessarily like an artist or like, which, which now I do just because Farron and I have a great relationship, uh, like business wise. And she, you know, we work consistently, mm -hmm. but like, just like prioritize my time and the other things that I could be doing with that time versus how much I need the money at any certain point. Cause then you start over committing. Cause I know I do that. Right. I'll, I'll commit to like a, 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 I don't know, like a graphic design project, for example, or, or something like that. And then I'll like in the middle of be like, why did I commit to this? This is like way more time spent than I'm actually getting paid. Or like at the end of the day, is this really contributing to my goal? Right. Or to the path that I'm, that I'm going on. So like, you know, I get what you're saying. So learning how to distinguish like, okay. Right. Is this worth either is this towards my goal? And if yes, I'll generally take much, much less money for something mm -hmm. if I feel like it's me working towards my goal. Right. But if it's not working towards my goal, then that time I'm go I, I need to be compensated more for. But if it's towards my goal, I'll do a lot of things for free. Mm -hmm. 
So it's just it's just prioritizing that and understanding exactly that. Is this going to get me to where I, I am trying to go? And if not, what's that worth to me? Right. Yeah. So I don't is know if that really... No, but it's like, is it worth the stress? Is it right. worth, you know, the labor, et cetera? Yeah. Is it worth the time I could be spending achieving that goal? Yeah. Or getting there? Yeah. And I think there's so much pressure to, uh, you know, for our generation to hustle and to do a lot and to say yes to everything. And I think like it gets to the point when you know where you're headed, you don't really have to say yes to everything. I think that it, that those seasons change. Right. You and know? it's all about the season because I've been in like points where I have to say yes mm -hmm. because I have rent to pay. Right. And that's fine too, because that's a different goal that I have to prioritize. Because, you know, mm -hmm. I have to prioritize making well, rent you know, at that Nashville point. Nashville rent, I mean, it's not oh, getting yeah. any lower, so. No. So it's just, it's all situational and understanding priorities. And for me, like where I'm trying to be and whether or not something, you know, gets me closer to that or not and how to, how to proceed accordingly, which I don't always do super well, but uh, I've, I've learned to do better at, I guess. Yeah. I think we're all learning, yeah. you know? Yeah. So uh, in terms of your goals, can you talk about your solo career, your, your music that, that you've released so far and kind of the track that you're, that you're on now to keeping that up? Yeah. So uh, I, um, I like put out a soul record um, around this, it's October now. Yeah. You had a song. I saw there was a song that was released too through uh, Lightning 100. It was really great. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Um, yeah. So I, I worked with Lightning 100 on like kind of the release of uh, a single last year in the summer last year. And then uh, a, a five song EP uh, actually in October last year. And um, they were great in helping me with that. And, um, you know, it, it's, it was seemed to be well received and, um, kind of from there I ended up, you know, being able to play bigger shows and get in front of more people. And, um, you know, I ultimately like met my publisher along the way, started writing with him. And then, um, in, in June officially, like, I guess, well, we, we put pen to paper mm -hmm. only a couple weeks ago, but the, Congrats. In June we thank you. Yeah. Um, in June we started work like the term and working together, and um, that's been you know a, a change, but fantastic. Um, and you know I, I'm just getting to, you know, if, I, I try to learn rather than like go into a room feeling like I know because honestly I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't exactly feel like a professional, but I feel like it's probably a good thing maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe you feel like you would rather be in the learning state of mind, right? Then, because I think you could still be a professional in that way, right? But, no, 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 no. I, but <laughs> an ex, the expert level, yeah. Right. Well, so yeah. it's it's great being around. Really, it's just great being around mm -hmm. people that are better than I am, right? Um, because I want to be better, and you know, I am now in a position to be around people who you know, even without like direct teaching, mm -hmm. but like through osmosis, I can become better by being around, which is just kind of something I, mm -hmm. I try to do anyways. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's been a, an, an exciting time and it's been a lot of fun and I'm kind of, um, I guess with trying to stay on track here, yeah. um, as far as, uh, as far as what's coming next, um, I'm, I'm kind of trying to take what I did on that last record and 
quite honestly make it a little bit less about like all the the music and look what I can do with Production all these wise. chords and okay. yeah and and make it more about the song mm-hmm. um and and inherently make it more accessible to a larger audience I guess um but also doing that production wise and making it a little bit more modern um and that's been like a really fun and challenging process um because I feel like because I am a musician as well um when I was younger I I gravitated towards like music for musicians Mm -hmm. rather than music for the listener interesting um and as I've gotten older I've I've really learned to um appreciate like a song and a lyric and a concise melody right yeah um much more um so I think that's that's what I gravitate towards more now when I'm listening to it so I think um part of that is why that's kind of where um my stuff is headed which I'm stoked about yeah we are too thanks (laughs) (laughs) so are there any writers um out there that you've looked up to that that have taught you more about the songwriting craft that you want to apply to yeah yeah um I mean so my publisher is a guy named Bob DePiro who uh has had a little bit of success. <laughs> just just a tiny bit. I mean. And um yeah, he he's taught me he's taught me a lot. I actually just came from a write with him. And you know, he was talking about how he had moved down here from Ohio in I think like the 80s and had like never really listened to, you know, country music and never really like you know, but loved like came here and loved it mm-hmm. and like learned to kind of speak that language I guess um and just talking about how language in writing um is so is so important I guess and yeah so so I mean Bob's been a, a great like mentor and and just example I guess to have around and he's the one that signed you to your yes pub deal, yes he is my publisher um so it's been I mean it's been very like humbling and Mm-hmm. Um, pretty cool to be around him as much as I've gotten to be. And yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of other people, like even like super like young dudes and like, like there's like this guy, Sam Burgesson's like 19 mm-hmm. and we've been working together a lot. And I mean, he just like, he blows me away. Like he's, he understands so well, like, um, just, just how to be concise. And, um, you know, that's like melodically more than anything because i i hear a lot of notes in my head uh as far as like where things could go and he's like he kind of calms me down a little bit and my buddy Jeff Garrison does a great job of that too we work together we have a bit of like a, a production duo that we work together with and he's taught me a lot about uh the the recording process and um you know all of the all of the computer stuff that goes over my head most of the time um <laughs> Do you, I, I've heard a couple musicians or songwriters tell me that they see colors when they hear music. Does that have a, is that, no. re, is that, I, I mean, <laughs> I, that, that, like, is that, maybe I, that's real for, so I'm just like, I want, like, what is that? Is I that believe, for everyone? I believe that that's true for them. Okay. <laughs> I, if I shut my eyes and listen to music, I see the same <laughs> darkness that you do. I promise. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> But you know, just just by nature of I think studying yeah. studying music, um, 
<laughs> on my own really but like studying it as much as i have like mm -hmm. i kind of i like wish i was a little more dumb when it comes to like the possibilities of where i can go mm. in a song yeah melodically so like being around like excellent pop writers has mm -hmm. really helped with that being around like country writers who i think are the best lyricists in the world has helped me like you know understand how to like you know or just being around it and seeing them craft like stories the way they do and twist right, yeah. twist twist hooks the way they do is uh you know that's all stuff i try to take in because i i mean it's it's brilliant uh how often do you write country versus pop is it more on the pop side cuz that's kind of what you do or do you like to just is there more of a balance like what's uh i'd say i probably like 4 out of every 5 is okay. probably pop mm. i'm i'm open to that changing i guess mm -hmm. um i just i just like writing and i think i think today more than ever like there's there's pieces that intertwine um between country and pop um but no i i i write for myself a good bit so because i i do more of the pop thing um i inherently write more pop mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean i i've country artists that I work with writing with and producing and um you know I, I really enjoy that too because it's like a different um you know muscle to flex or to work out not mm -hmm. flex I guess it'd be flexing <laughs> if I was like great at it but it'd be like it's working out you know yeah. it's like working out a different muscle so um you know it's, it's just a different form of creativity a little bit mm -hmm. you know because I have to think about things a little bit differently and try to speak a little bit different of a language you know there definitely is the language and the tone and how you set up the story in the beginning and then right yeah where that leads um but they're both equally as like fun for me i guess what kind of music did you listen to growing up <laughs> did that is that different than what you perform now or is it has it has it influenced um uh, yeah it definitely influences it mm -hmm. um you know i i listen to a lot of like the stuff that my dad listened mm -hmm. to um, and like the first record I ever like that he ever put on that I was like, I love this mm -hmm. is, uh, is like John Cleary and the absolute monster gentleman from 2002. Uh, like he's like a, he's like a new Orleans, like, you know, keyboard player guy mm -hmm. and piano player guy. And, um, it's like, it's like, you know, second line soul funk stuff. And I like heard that went down that rabbit hole got into the, like the old soul stuff with like, you know, Donny Hathaway, Marvin Gaye, you know, the Stevie Wonder stuff, then like, you know, then got into the Michael Jackson stuff and then then it was like I was big into gospel music for a while cuz I like I loved how it like in like I felt like it took jazz and made it cool. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> like it was it all did, these yeah. like it was all these like crazy chords and like stuff that you generally wouldn't hear but like um in a way that like, I felt like it was still like happening. Um, and then I got really, I got really into like the late nineties, neo soul movement, um, of like the late, yeah. Um, when I was in like high school. Mm. Um, and yeah, so it's all, it's all been like kind of more like soul groove based stuff that I, uh, I like gravitated towards. Um, but like in the last few years since I've kind of opened, like that was like, I was like proud of that being all I listened to though in like a bad way. Like I shouldn't have been. <laughs> so ever since I kind of got over that and like, you know, being too cool to listen to like what's on the radio and like mainstream yeah. and like being from here and like my dad doing a lot of the Americana and country stuff and like wanting to rebel from that, you know? Um, 
you know, I, I like love those Shania Twain records. I like love all, like all the Vince Gill stuff. Like all like, I grew up on a lot of Vince Gill. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Alan Jackson, that whole, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and Farron's been great for me mm-hmm. with, when it comes to that. Cause it was like, Hey, like you're in this, you're in this fan with me. Like you got to listen to what I want to listen to. <laughs> and you know, you listen to enough of it and you start to identify with some of it. And, um, I, I'm really grateful for that because it kind of opened my eyes to like this whole other, like, you know, there's so much music I haven't listened to mm-hmm. because for like, for like eight years, it was like, no, I'm like proud that this is all I listen to. And like, it's not what everyone else. And really it's to. all opinion, you know, right, at the yeah, end of yeah. the day, everyone's free to listen to, you know, whatever. Oh yeah. And yeah. honestly, like most of it's pretty good yeah it really is so like it's been it's been a blast the last few years like like allowing myself to to like like and listen to stuff that isn't like in the soul vein Mm. um and it's it's changed it's changed the way i go about things for sure so you played our recent rewind show Mm -hmm. what would what was that like for you and playing an old school like the tv film song it was a blast it was so much fun i mean um, you know, I, I got to the rehearsal and I like knew a couple of the dudes in the band and it was mm-hmm. fun, fun to see them and like kind of, uh, you know, be in, be in a different element yeah. than, uh, really I get to be right now. Cause I'm, I'm not really playing out as an artist right now. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of that the last couple of years. And just while I'm working on this next thing, I'm trying to take a step back from that and kind of, you know, just, just get that in order, I guess. Um, so I like, I had so much fun getting, I, I sang Can Heat by Jamiroquai. Okay. I need to show you a video after this. My, so he used to be my intern. I'm over at Nashville Songwriters Association okay. and, uh, his name's Cooper and I have a photo, uh, like not a photo, a video of him dancing to that backstage with the real dance. Oh my god! While you were saying it's the most hilarious thing ever. So I, I actually brought out, uh, Joel J human. Yeah. To, cause I knew, like, I know this about myself. I can dance, but it doesn't look good when I do it. <laughs> right. So I was like, okay, uh, I guess I just need to get this guy yeah. who can dance and looks good doing mm-hmm. it to come on stage and dance the dance while I sing it. Cause that's a, that's a lot of words in that song. It is a, there's a lot of words and it's a lot. It's just, it's, it's a lot. I mean, Napoleon, I mean, if you haven't seen the movie, I mean, you're yeah, we're way behind. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows what we're talking about right now. So yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was so much fun to like just mm-hmm. get up and, and honestly not have something in my hands while I was on stage. Cause even when I do do my artist thing, generally I have like a guitar in my hands or I'm playing keys. Mm-hmm. So like, um, I felt a little naked, yeah. uh, like not having anything to hold on to while I was singing. Yeah. Um, but it like forced me out of my comfort zone and like, I kind of had to like, you know, do something with, my- I felt like, uh, Ricky Bobby in Talladega <laughs> Nights where he keeps like lifting his hands a little bit and a little bit. And he's like, I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't know I don't what know. to do with my hands. <laughs> Um, so I like definitely practiced in the mirror the night before, like, okay, what am I going to do with my hands? But you had Joel there to distract from the fact of like, yeah. But I am like waving my hands out in a, you know, fury. Um, Hey, but but if there's, if there's a song to ever feel awkward, it's that song. Oh yeah. I mean, it fits totally. It's perfect. Yeah. 
Um, but no, I knew I probably wouldn't remember all the words, the four key changes and all the dance moves. So I went, I went with the first two, uh, <laughs> and I was like, Joel, I know you can dance, dance the heck out of this man. Like, come do it. And, um, no, it was, it was, that was a great night. And like, um, you know, made some friends and, mm-hmm. um, got to, got to see some, some old ones and, um, yeah, I hope you guys have me back sometime. We that'd be, well, that'd be a blast. Of course, yeah, no. <laughs> we, that was actually that was one of my favorite we rewinds. Yeah, I and keep saying I'm almost close to saying we wind, <laughs> getting my R's and W's <laughs> rewind. Um, but talk about the Yep community oh, and man. what they've meant to you because I know in 2014 they raised around 42k yeah. for your dad. Yeah, um, which is like incredible. Yeah, that was like, that was, oh, I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, that was, that was a very generous thing, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And that, that time uh, was like, at that time, I was like, I shouldn't say, I was like almost too young, though, still to actually be a part of the community, I guess, Mm because I was 17 in high school, you know, like I wasn't Mm -hmm. a professional I wasn't like I was still hanging out with my high school friends but like what I did get to see was like you know the 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 outpour of of love and support and selflessness from you know the community that ultimately like you know showed me like hey this is like you know this is something that you are going to want to be a part of yeah um when when you're ready for it because the reality is like I wasn't ready I you know I wasn't old enough I wasn't ready I wasn't out in the real world yet I was still like mm-hmm. a high school kid but you know um and that's why like I was so excited when um you know I was asked to come do that the rewind show and you know when I got to you know start meeting people out when like because I, I you know I didn't turn 21 until a few like not a few but like six months ago so I, I wasn't even able to really go to a lot of the things that that really like I, I guess help um you know intertwine into the community but ever since I have it's it's it's, it's been it's been a blast and it, the I think I think my the fundraiser for my father is just indicative of the support that you know everyone in the yep community seems to have and not even seems but in my experience has had for one another and um, it's something that I'm super, super grateful to like get to be a part of. And I will say like, I've worked a little bit outside of the music industry, not, not for very long, because obviously to my point, I feel like the music industry as hard as it is sometimes it's also, you find a, a, a huge group of people who are very empathetic, mm-hmm. unlike any other industry out there, they understand what it means to feel and to go through things, whether that be good or bad. And I think that like something like this is a testament to that. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's kind of a beautiful thing how simultaneously like cutthroat and nurturing the music business can be. Yep. Um, because it is still a business, but you know, part of, part of that is like, you know, your relationships with people and not even like, oh, like, yeah, I can say I know somebody, but like, you know, like, actually like like do i know this person you know mm-hmm. and and the reality is you're like you're not going to be able to get to know everybody but if like you know i feel like 
by association, any like for me, it was like, oh, like, yeah, like I I know what that means to me because I've seen that like I've seen what they've done for other people. I've seen what they've done for my family. Like I know that like, you know, that like that's something that I want to be a part of. Well, we're excited that you've been a part of it, A, and B, a part of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> so where can people follow you? Where can they keep up? Um, they can follow me on, on all the social medias. Yep. Um, my name is Rocky Block, and all of them reflect that. It's all just Rocky Block. I think there might be a one after my name on Twitter. Is there another Rocky Block on Twitter? <laughs> I couldn't, I don't, I'm not sure. I think like that might've been like a game time decision back yeah. in like 2010, whenever I joined and I was just like one at the end. It's a user, <laughs> it's case. a username now. <laughs> it's not just my name. It's That's not my just me. You gotta add something a little bit to it. Yeah. That's great. Um, but yeah, you can find me all over there. I'm sure there's some super outdated videos on YouTube that you can find. Um, <laughs> but, now uh, they know. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's probably the best place right now. Um, I I have a website domain, but I don't have a website. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Google. It doesn't like make not- it doesn't make sense to have it that way. But I it should- will make sense when you release new music. Oh yeah, eventually. Oh yeah. Down the road. At that point, I will for sure have that. So they order. should just look at the social medias. Yeah, just find me on social media. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably the best way. Awesome. It was great to have you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining me for another Yep! podcast episode. Check out yepnashville.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search at Yep Nashville. We'll be releasing updates about our end of the year rewind show happening November 29th. If you have not been to a rewind show, you have to go. They are a blast. We'll also be releasing updates on weekly events happening around town and a whole lot more. Until next time, discover, cultivate, accelerate.